This is the Marty Sheargold Show. And joining us as he does every day, it's Mick Malloy. Always happy to see and hear you guys on a Monday. Oh, yes. What a, it's what a great beautiful. to be involved. It's nice to be in the studio on a Monday morning, isn't it, Mickey? Uh, what's... It is coming off a big one, actually, because I appeared last night on the Mushroom 50th anniversary show, 50 Years of Mushroom. Mm, yes. 50 uh, songs. What a great concert. And it was such an important night for music in this mm. country, for Australian music. And you could tell it was an important night because Molly kept his pants on. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought... <laughs> that is a big win for was... Molly. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a, that means he's taking it seriously. So, <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was happy to be there too, guys, because, you know, I have had three uh, platinum albums with well, Mushroom over the journey for my... Comedy albums, the Brown album, yes, of course, yes. which is the first of the trilogy. Yeah, uh, poop shoot, yes. and then eat your peas, eat your peas, because <laughs> that was the album where we wanted to send a strong message to the kids. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I like it was that. It's great one. to be a part of it. And three, three, uh, three Aria awards there, well, Mickey, as well, Mickey, for those three. The pointiest awards, <laughs> uh, the most dangerous awards in the history of show business. Oh, uh, great! Here's a true story. I ran into a guy who's a teacher, and he goes to me, he says, oh, Mick, I just want to tell you something. Um, I'm an English teacher, and I was teaching on the, one of the outer islands of the Solomon Islands, and I had to teach English, and I had no spoken word English apart from a copy of the Brown album. So <laughs> he goes, I used that as a, as a language tool for the kids, and I just want to let you know, if you ever want to have a great holiday, go to this island, because every child between the ages of like 8 and 16 can recite that album word for word. <laughs> I go, wow. Well, uh, that's, I've put that on my list of things to do. What a great holiday that would be. <laughs> that is magnificent. Me, I was doing a... Uh, Corporate function for a company who uh, they do something with solar power, but they're an Austrian yep. company. And I met an executive yes. there who'd been in Australia for 12 months. And she said that when she got to Australia, they gave her the first four seasons of Utopia so she could learn about yes. Australian culture and office <laughs> life in Australia. And she stayed. <laughs> I thought, I hope she's not using that as a template. She will get nothing done in her time well, at that company. Well, I've had I've had people say the same thing about uh, my old film Cracker Jack. It's a, it's a bit old now. It is a talkie, but it was some time, time ago. But, but I think that was handed out to people almost on arrival uh, as a way of getting into culture. You'll remember this one, okay? You yeah. and me were entertaining the troops overseas, and I think we were either in Kandahar or Kabul, yes. and we were being looked after by the SAS, the troops, <laughs> yeah. who were chaperoning us around, keeping us out of harm's way, yeah. and we were in a hangar waiting for a C-31 to come and uh, get us, <laughs> yeah. and we had about an hour to kill. And so the guys go, oh, we've got some uh, videos here. Do you guys want to watch a video? <laughs> And uh, some of the people with us goes, yeah, sure. He goes, I've got some Kath and Kim. Do you want to see some Kath and Kim? And I'm going, please don't be the episode where me and Glenn are in kimonos. Okay? 
I go, please don't be the episode. Anyway, bang, it comes on. It's the episode with me and Glenn where we're sitting around a breakfast table uh, with about one inch of chest showing between yeah. the joining of our things. And I just see these two SAS guys who have been shot at for the last month and who are protecting us shake their heads in disgust and walk off the <laughs> I just went, sorry, guys, this is what you're protecting. This, this, is the, this is the way of life back home. This is what you're fighting for. Uh, Thank you, Mona. There I, Mickey, I had a similar experience in 2005 when I was sharing a room with Angry Anderson for my... Three weeks. I was was rooming with Angry Anderson for three weeks in the Middle East. And before I took off on that trip, I was in Thailand with my girlfriend at the time. We're on the beach one day, and some woman comes past doing henna tattoos, and I don't have any tattoos. And I go, Yeah, why not? Chuck one on my arm here. So she does this tattoo in Thai writing. And when she finished, I said, What does it say? A question I should have asked at the start. (laughs) Yes. I said, What does it say? She said, It says, I love Thailand, right? This henna tattoo. (laughs) So then, but it lasts for three weeks. Yeah. So then I land and I'm in Baghdad sharing a room with Angry Anderson and we're both standing there in our boxer shorts getting ready for bed. He is tattooed from ankle to neck <laughs> to wrist with warlocks and dragons and everything else. I've got one tattoo, it's Hannah, and it says, I love Thailand. <laughs> so, well, well, I was in Mexico on this note. I, I, was in, I, was in, I was in Mexico and we were at this resort and look, there's another way to say it. We were approached by a guy who's clearly part of a big gang <laughs> in Mexico right. and he's off his chops, he's taken his shirt off, there's a thunderstorm going so he's soaking wet, he's got his top off and I'm there with my mate Nick I'm going wow this is getting edgy and he starts going through all his tats and then Nick goes, oh, he's got the gang tattoos he's got all the uh, you know, insignias and all the letters C31, all this stuff on his thing and Nick goes, I've got a tattoo and I go, oh good lord please don't <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, pull, pulls his pants slightly down and shows him a dolphin on his I go, oh, good Lord. Good Lord. We are done. We're the same, you and me. Uh, yeah. uh, Mickey, it's time to do this. What the f***? Uh, now, Will, All right. Here, who's going first? You have a go. go Will on. has got an English uh, sports fan here yeah, for us, Mick. This is from October, early October. We enjoyed this last week, Mick. He posted this after we were about to lose our second game at the Cricket World Cup and things looked a bit dodgy. And then he's gone on his own Instagram and posted this reel. Can you imagine being Australian right now? You're crap at rugby. You've just been knocked out of the World Cup group stages for the first time in your history. Your football's always been a bit dodgy, bar Tim Cale, Vaduka, Harry Kuehl and Aaron Moy. And now your cricket team is in the mud. You're staring down the barrel of two losses in a row. You're being pumped by South Africa and you're a bunch of cheats. So he's gone with that, and then people have understandably come back and been like, oh, this is aged like milk. And David Warner has commented himself on the Instagram. He's gone, bah, how are you, champion? I'll get some likes on your post for you. Be a real man and congratulate the team. Bet you won't. So he's hit back, and I think it's it's a nice dish of karma. Get into a war of words with Dave Warner. You better bring your A game. (laughs) (laughs) 
is the smartest guy on the block. And that is English fans. They, they oh. do. They do. Well, you want to talk about cheating. How was the change of ball in the last test? Oh, oh my God. You know, we, were, we were sailing to victory, and then all of a sudden they go, no, we don't like it. We need a change of ball. It's supposed to be like for like. The ball was 32 <laughs> overs old. The new one still had its price tag on it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Mate, this, the new uh, one was moving at like right it. angles halfway down the pitch. It was ridiculous. Uh, and you want to talk about the spirit of cricket? Well, let's have a look at those ruddy-faced fools from the MCC who <laughs> booed, booed our guys. As I said, uh, uh, how intimidating being uh, being booed by a guy wearing a boater. <laughs> That's the only other time they booed that day was when they ran out of foie gras. But anyway, look, the, the English are who the English are. I still like the idea you want to talk about razzing the English, mate. Again, I'm going to tell a story about you and me. Yeah. Uh, over at Carga. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. When we were there, which was an English uh, Australian base, and they had just been knocked out of the World Cup by Bangladesh. <laughs> and we were the ones to inform we them. announced and it, And yeah. it, it was great. On one side, you got the Australians <laughs> laughing their tits off. On the other, <laughs> guys who couldn't look you in the eye. And they were English, so. it was I great. always remember that moment, mate. One of the greatest moments ever in Australian slash English sport is when Australia beat England in a soccer friendly. Yes. In England. Yeah. And we were... We'd hit the lead, and it was the game was almost over, and someone had quickly drawn up a sign, an Australian fan, and they held it up in the crowd, and the sign read, you are now officially shit at everything. <laughs> That's great. Thought, yeah. uh, oh, we love it. Well, there were so many moments to choose from from England uh, and their shit performances this year. I can't mention them all. Hey, I've got one for you. Yep. Uh, what the F... Uh, our new head of the Reserve Bank has officially had her first shocker, Michelle Bullock, by claiming that inflation is everyone's fault for getting haircuts. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? She has come no. out and said, no, it's not about external forces. It's too many Australians are enjoying things like haircuts and dining out. How dare we? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that next time you take out a loan for a mullet. Uh, I, I, I can't believe she said it. She's just walked on into it. Uh, the haircut apparently is a luxury item that we all need to pull back on. Uh, you know, I had a foot massage the other day. I must be personally responsible for the uh, upward pressure on inflation. Although, Mickey, I will say this. I recently dropped my wife off at her hairdressers to get her hair yes. bleached, as she does. Mm. She's bleached. Yeah. I've hardly ever seen a natural mm-hmm. hair colour, which is very dark. Sure. Get the bleached. I dropped her off at 11am. What time do you reckon I went and picked her up? Mm. 4pm. Oh, oh, four. Five, <laughs> five hours, hours. Will. Oh, Five terrible. hours. I know someone who had triple bypass surgery. Four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of... No. That is ridiculous. That's an, that's an entire day of test cricket. <laughs> Mitch, I could fly to I could fly to Bali in that time. In fact, next time she rings me to say, "Can you pick me up?" I'm going to say, "No, nah, I'm on Kuta Beach." <laughs> That's right. I can't do you it. You could fly. You could fly to Bali and pretend to get married. Very good. All right. On that note, Mick Malloy, uh, lovely to chat. We'll speak to you again tomorrow. See you guys. The Marty Sheargold Show on Triple M.